Just don't call him Tim. There's, there's a lot of energy. Yeah. <laughs> I may call you Tim. Don't, don't get upset. I may forget your name or who you are. No, no fooling. When Early. I was born, my, my aunt put up a big announcement uh, for when my uncle came home. I said, Timothy Edward Libby was, was born. Were you um, Thomas Edward? I was Thomas Edward. Ladies and germs, welcome to The Zero Hour. Uh, this is your co-host, Mr. Mark Pitts, uh, and to my right is... Christine Chapman, your host. Welcome. And who is in studio to my left? Introduce yourself. Myself. Uh, I'm... My, my name... My name... Yes. My, my, my nom de plume, my nom de gueule is... Uh, I am Tom Libby. Um, yeah. All right. All right. So, Tom Libby is in studio a... Longtime friend of uh, S. Christine Chapman. Yes. Um, and all right, I'm just going to say it. You describe Tom not as what I envisioned looking at before me. What did you What did you expect? I expected uh, a less handsome, more <laughs> more scraggly looking gentleman. He is. Um, the Dressed, v- dude. I love. I really like the look. He's a Mainer through and through. Uh, you're from um, Maine. The right? beard used to be bigger, yeah. as I remember it. Yes, she threw um, you under the bus, Tom. And I'm your just hair was longer. Uh, I, last I, I saw you. Well, how long well, has it been since you've seen each other? Uh, long when, time. When Months. I first, have you been to the Shrewsbury house? Once. Yes. Yeah. Yes. When you were first setting yes. up house there. Yes. Yes. Before we even moved in. All right, so yeah. it's been a year, two years. No, not even. I moved in June. So she threw you under the bus, physically. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Well, he uh, had longer hair and a big freaking beard. And now I'm hair is now... hair is thinning, and the, the, the beard's nearly all white. And I, uh, I've gone from Rob Lowe to Santa Claus. That's very, very funny. And to make things even more interesting. He looks like a very good friend of mine, Jason yes. Crane. Yes, he right? does. Like the same demeanor, humor, and physical, like your your face. Right? Yes, a demeanor too. The way yes. he talks is kind of like. Yes. That's why, Jason. That must be why I like you. Oh. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Jason, I'm sure I like you as well. Although with my deep self-loathing, I'm sure you'd irritate me fast enough. <laughs> okay. Deep self-loathing. Okay, so wait a minute. We need we need a little context. This here. is therapy, isn't it? This is yes. Came... This is yes for all yes, of us. Yes, yes, for all of us. Yeah. So I met Tom because Tom was attending Emerson College as a writing major with my brother Jerry, who was an acting a theater ed major at the time. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, this was in the mid nineties. Right. Yeah, and if I can take over Jerry's and my meet cute, uh, he, he uh, we were in a French class together because you guys grew up in Montreal, and yes. maybe he thought he got some easy credits. I don't yes. know. I think yes. was he phoning it in? Um, <laughs> I actually wanted to learn to speak French, but I'm awful with languages. But a- anyway, so the assignment one particular day was that we had to bring into class something French and speak on it, and I was I was all out of fries so i um i I had completely completely forgotten the the assignment and but i i had in my wallet as just a little talisman or whatever i I had an old canadian two dollar bill this is even before the toonies came out wow with with elizabeth looking quite young on there yes and And it was uh, red mm, yes um and uh so i got up and completely 
completely bullshit uh, a, a speech of I actually stole a monologue from one of my all time favorite movies, Throw Mama from the Train. <laughs> Same up uh, there, yes, yeah, yes. Danny DeVito, yes. Uh, yeah. his directorial debut, yes. and he and he gives a speech in there about how his his daddy always let him keep the change, and do you want to see my coin collection? And he gets out the coin collection, and they're just ordinary like nickels, quarters, sure. and pennies. Yes, and and he says, yeah, but that's the change my daddy let me keep. So I I pulled out this speech of this two, Canadian two dollar bill, and I completely made up made up everything story. on the spot in my terrible French. And uh, because it was a Canadian $2 bill, I sat. Back, I happened to be sitting next to Jerry that day. And we just struck up a conversation from there. And That's the, crazy. Wait, who's Jerry? I've heard this name. Like, no. Jerry's my brother. <gasps> Ooh, sorry. That's okay. <laughs> That's my brother. That's okay. He, he lives in South Korea. It's not yeah. as if we're... I've seen pictures. Okay, I've seen yes, pictures. Yes. Right. Sorry, Jerry. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So then the low-grade alcoholism kicked in after there. <laughs> okay. Yes. I, I participated in such low-grade alcoholism. So mm. can we... So... I've known you for longer, like for more than half my life. Mm-hmm. I was about 23. You guys were three years-ish younger than I was. Um, and I'm significantly younger than you. Really? Are you? Sig- How old are you? Are you 35? I am 34. Thank you. <laughs> That's such bullshit, just for the record. Um, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But I look... Ninety. Oh, Jesus, I do look ninety plus. No, you don't. I just stop. had my license, my my license renewed, and at the DMV, and they like took a picture and was like, "Is this okay?" I said, "It's certainly not fucking okay." <laughs> <laughs> but that is what I look like. So, all right, print it. Okay, yeah. so I've seen you through a couple of zero hours, mm-hmm. and I would love for you to give us a little sort of like annotated origin to get us close to. The zero hour that... Well, you two are both writing majors. You're going to use words that I and nearly 85% of the U.S. population does not understand. So can you, uh, if I wink at you, define the word annotated? Shortened. Oh, thanks. All right. Uh, I I would have footnotes. Well, I don't need footnotes. I just need for you to summarize. Um, Well, God... Hmm. This is, it's tricky because here I am on your podcast and I refute the premise of your podcast. Talk to I us. I refute the whole premise of your, this, this whole exercise. The Says idea, the man who's listened to every single episode since idea, we started. You're like our one, is, like, you're a fan. lonely fan. <laughs> I, I've, I've made up my own t-shirts of, of you guys. I've got like the zero hour. It's really just a, a Sharpie and an old white tee. That but would be amazing. Um, <laughs> have you walked into the studio the like bump, that? The bumper stickers. I have, well, it's actually I just, it. I've just written in the salt on the back of the van. And, love it. Um, but anyway, uh, the the He's idea that there's joking. any one <laughs> point that is that has changed my life, uh, my point of view is that every point changes my life. Every decision coming here today is is potentially going to change your life. Who this knows? could be a life changing moment for you. I, I and we're so glad to be part of it. I, I, I we will we. we Mark and I are going to wrestle afterwards. Um, He's so rolling that, up his sleeve, literally, yeah, ro- literally I'm, rolling up I'm, his sleeves. I'm doing, <laughs> I'm limbering, and he's rolling up his sleeves. Yes, um, but the idea that there's any one that has has changed my life, 
that uh, of course there's one. That's okay, but there Tell there me. are bigger ones than others. I guess mm. is is what I will say. Okay, and um, and I you know I'm the first one to admit that we have multiple uh, or innumerable zero hour moments in our lives, but that you can't necessarily assume that every single zero hour is pivotal in the way some others are in our lives. Well, and you, you have a couple I know of that are that pivotal. In, in retrospect, you get to look back and say, oh, that's that's where that all came from. Right. Um, but you, the, the idea of a, of, a, of a, say there's a thousand mile long straight line. And if you correct that by just a fraction of a degree... By the end of that thousand miles, you're, you're in a very different yes. destination. Right. That's why they don't do time travel in movies that where they literally are able to take you and change time because it would change everything. M- movies. Does that, uh, did I say that right? Does that? Uh, movies. Movie, movies. All right. Um, <laughs> I, okay. So what are my zero hours? What are they the... The earth-shaking events that have, in fact, changed me. Before you share, I want to remember. So Peter Thomas, a guest, right? You've you've listened to it, mm-hmm. told us that he is not a self-made person, but those things around him helped develop the person he is today. Right. Which is kind of the way you answered the question. You're like, there are no definitive moments. There are maybe some more that have that are more weighted than I the other. I have others. a highlight reel. But it it is our environment. And yes, if you take that tenth of a degree to the right, you end up in a whole different place. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I I believe that. Sure. Yeah. 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 I'm just rambling. Um, No, but I think about I'll I'll talk about that later. The the great moments that turned me into the socially acceptable being I am today. Um, As defined uh, by uh, Mrs. Libby? By you jerks. By you. <laughs> you invited me on here. You, do you have any idea what you've gotten into? You're Stella's friend, not mine. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, you're just going to have this, this, this one weepy asshole wedged in between your Olympians. <laughs> you've, got, uh, you've got entrepreneurs and business people, and then there's... Has the therapy started yet? Yes. Um, <laughs> ongoing. Um, the birth of my daughter was, of course, a big one. Yep. My sobriety, uh, finding that, actually, you could say that that's even heavier because without uh, the without sobriety, sobriety, I wouldn't you wouldn't have, have had to, Jenny. Yeah. Yep. Um, my illness, I, I, I fell very ill. Uh, I didn't actually complete college, so I, I don't know all of the words Christine does. That's, um, that's so not true. You're so much better read than I am I, and so much more intelligent. So I make a lot of stuff up. <laughs> so do I. Um, <laughs> I don't. But I... Uh, <laughs> Why are we whispering? I don't know, but it was kind of fun. It was, it was fun. fun. <laughs> oh, is this going to be like one of those ASMR kind of... <laughs> <laughs> um... Okay, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> well, that got us off topic. Um, I, when I was twenty or so, I started. Um, I, I, I had some gastric trouble, and being a sexy young twenty-year-old, you don't want gastric trouble. That's that's not a. You want one of those like after-school special diseases. You don't want what I had, which was Crohn's disease. Mm-hmm. Um, that is 
I mean, it's in the top five least sexy diseases you can get. Um, <laughs> what would be number two and three of the sexiest, of the least sexiest diseases? The least sexy? Yeah. Um, Maybe for another conversation. Uh, yeah, yeah, no. It's, okay, thank you. Yeah. Um, so, and and usually Crohn's does not get you hospitalized, correct? Um, no, no. Um, in fact, it's it's wondering if I had been misdiagnosed initially for ulcerative colitis or. Well, when happened. do you know? What are the symptoms? Are you like farting all the time? Um, shitting pus. Oh, was a, that, that was not good. That's that's, that's not sexy. That's, no. that's that's when I said, okay, I can't ignore this anymore. <laughs> um, uh, I just have to keep repeating to myself that I'm not going to let my daughter listen to this show. So uh, so I can I can be a little bit more forthcoming here. Um, I uh, well, I finally I, I ended up finally I, I had to go and see a doctor about it because I was of course it's going to be a doctor who's going to want to look up your ass and that's, that's and you're not, in your 20s right that's not what yeah you don't you yeah don't. I, so I, your I, doctor I, was not a woman no no but I mean just the <laughs> but he was a very handsome man um, <laughs> but he was and very gentle and tender in all the ways you want oh, your geez. gastroenterologist <laughs> to be oh uh, my god so I, I end up um, going to a, a regular old doctor's appointment and uh, it was I ended up staying for that doctor's appointment for months. Um, I, he his office was attached to Milton Hospital, and I went and I became just... a resident at Milton Hospital. And okay. my college career came to a crashing end. And uh, they couldn't heal me at Milton Hospital. It wasn't a big enough facility. They shipped me into Brigham and Women's Hospital. Can I back it up for for a second? I, I, I want to unpack this a little bit. Okay. So you're in your twenties. Mm-hmm. You're in college. You don't feel right. You mm-hmm. lower GI. You got pus. Right. Mm-hmm. How long were you not feeling well and then you went to the doctor? So Christine and I were talking about diseases that can that are easily detected and are easily eradicated if you identify and go early. Mm-hmm. Uh, prostate cancer is one of them, right? Mm-hmm. Like my grandfather died of prostate cancer. He felt like shit forever. He's the most educated guy I know, just never went to the fucking doctor. Right. Mm-hmm. Also, what's when when you turn when you turn fifty, you get a you go to a pro, what's what's the exam when they they check your butt for colonoscopy? Yes, yeah. and it, dude, colon cancer is the easiest air quotes form of cancer to eradicate if you catch it early, mm-hmm. which is why they say dudes, guy, everyone, right? Yeah, uh, go and get checked out. The worst part is to prep, which is true. Yep. So, at what point are you twenty? something and you're like oh my god now i really because i don't go to a doctor unless a bone is sticking out or unless i have a blood sucking wound right Mm -hmm. were you of the same kind of mindset were you embarrassed like he he is from the great state of maine i true what's embarrassing about that well no no not embarrassing but like i sort of feel like maine mainers are stoic i feel like and i can imagine mainers and and that total stereotype i get it but I can imagine, you know, old-fashioned, hearty Maine men I'll not do, wanting to I go to I'll the doctor. I'll have a steak and I'll be fine. In, <laughs> in my in my autumn years here, I am a bit more stoic and stodgy and stubborn and all that. But in those days, I was just scared. Yeah, I was scared to find out what it was going to be. I was scared to go through all the trouble of this and have it be nothing. I was scared to just... Oh well, here's some emodium tablets, kiddo. Just uh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's nothing. And um, so, how long did you let that 
go for? I probably not quite a year. Um, wow. Between when I first started noticing, I just thought I had some bad food at the dorms or something like that. And then, uh, well, and then this, it just this isn't kept going, going away. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that. Um, so that um, lands you at Brigham and Women's, Brigham and Women's. for how long? Uh, months. Months. Um, and, and why? Why was it months? Because um, my I had let, maybe I had let it go too long, or I had a bad enough case of this inflammation that uh, medically they could not calm it down. They could not. There was no medication I was responding to. There was no treatment or therapy that I was responding to to, to enable me to get out of the hospital. Uh, so then the next solution is surgical. Um, and so I had uh, my my colon removed. You, you you remember the end of the Braveheart movie? Yeah, yeah when you that's what they did. Cut your dick off? Yeah. They, they oh. cut his dick off, dude. Okay, they did not. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> they castrated maybe, maybe, him. They cut his balls off. Sorry. I they thought, cut his balls I off. I thought they disemboweled him. I thought that that was what they were. Oh. We'll have to go to the videotape. All I'm right. not going to any videotape with you. <laughs> <laughs> I think they castrated him. Okay. Yeah. Well, that was a very different, different. film right. than I, okay. right. I... So you I, have your testicles. I have Excellent. a very different memory of that but, movie. But you um, have no... So so where does it all go? Oh, how do I shit? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Without well, a the, colon. The, I, was, I was ill enough that um, in order to completely rebuild my insides, they... Uh, I, I wouldn't have survived the surgery because I was uh, I was down to I think I bottomed out at 112 pounds. <gasps> oh my god! Wow. Um, and I was unable to eat or drink or anything. Is it um, colon cancer or is it what is it? Is it a cancer? It, it's it's it is pre. It, it's it is it's the disease you have that kind of always has you on the lookout for colon cancer. Okay. Now, fortunately, they. You can't get colon cancer if you don't have a colon. So okay. lucky me. So did they rebuild your insides? They they initially they first just took out the colon and I lived with an ostomy bag. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, for I think three months. That's sexy as a college kid, B- wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Twenty year old, twenty um, something, ostomy bag. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, get a wow. load of that stoma. Um, <laughs> I. Uh, and then I had to. I had to. Basically, they sent me home to convalesce. So I'm back living with my parents, and they sent me home to basically gain weight. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need you to be to a certain weight in order to survive this next surgery. Mm-hmm. Where wow. they kind of reconnected the plumbing and the uh, you know they they made it so that I could have traffic at the brain tree split. I, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know they they they. they, they Cut here, and they basically made a uh, an internal <coughs> pouch out of a bit of my small intestine. Um, Dude, the... I'm wait. <laughs> this is a very serious topic, and you're you make light of it, and maybe that's how you feel comfortable talking about it. But you're fucking funny as hell. You didn't <laughs> tell me it was just funny. You well, told me it was ugly. You didn't tell me it was funny. I, I didn't tell you. I make jokes when I'm uncomfortable, and okay, I'm okay. always uncomfortable. Excellent. Okay, Continue. this is great. Um, sorry, sorry for the discomfort. Well, yeah, we don't. I mean, yeah, your your listeners didn't tune in for a uh, a, a gastric anatomy lesson. The, the, the point is, about the they um, they 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 patch me back together so that I can kind of live a, a relatively normal life. Right, right. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I I kind of got on got on with life from there. I 
so so then how did you decide because I'm gonna lead you remember wait, all wait, of the things wait, that you wait, were doing wait. while you were convalescing wait. um you yes oh, no. wait wait so did the alcohol have something to do with this yeah okay so well, I think that I'm 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 I was predestined to be an alcoholic it was why is that, uh, is, that is it do you have a gene is it in your family I suppose so um okay. there are other there are other alcoholics in my family. Um, my mother is adopted, so okay. I don't really know, you know, genetically what okay. that could mean going that far back. Yeah. Um, so did you but, did you quit drinking as a result of all these surgeries? No, no quite okay. the opposite. Okay. Um, I I dabbled, I experimented, I had a, the the odd snifter of port at Christmas before, <laughs> and then afterwards I fell deeply in love with whiskey. Um, Who isn't? Uh, yeah, yeah, but but we had to break up because she was she was bad she was bad to me, man. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you have a better relationship with her. Than I don't I have a relationship I, with her. No, I, I don't drink to brands because she was she was <laughs> she was she was awful to me. <laughs> um, but I still loved her, still do. Um, How long I have you been sober? Uh, let's see. It was my last drink was October thirteenth, nineteen ninety. No, nope, nope. Uh, uh, 2007. Nice. Uh, October's, yeah, so October 13th. You know the day. Of course. Yeah. Of course. It's yeah, Paul Simon's course. birthday. It's what? It's Paul Simon's birthday. Really? Oh. Yeah. really? Um, not on 2007. Not he was, 2007. He's much, he's much older than that. He's okay, been around so, for years. So I'm surprised you haven't heard of him. He's quite good. <laughs> he, played, he played in Central Park once. <laughs> so... Can you tell Canadians. that story? Can you tell that story? We'll tell her later. It's not Gordon Lightfoot. They don't <laughs> or Leonard Cohen. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. You, you okay, go. so I'm like, I'm intrigued. Do you remember the exact day? Do you remember yeah. the moment? Like, do you remember the impetus? I was fancying myself a culinary genius. I was, I was, I was preparing a dessert. Can okay. you cook? Are you a good cook as well? He is a good I cook. I can cook. I'm not... I mean, I haven't poisoned anybody. <laughs> Purposely. But, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I keep a small child alive. <laughs> and a wife. Yeah. <laughs> and a wife. I, um, yeah, so that's, that's like the... Can, can, you, can you swim? Well, I'm not going to drown. Got it. But okay. I, I'm... Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was, I was making uh, brandied pears. Okay. Sounds delicious. Well, you know what? I didn't get as far as getting to brandy the pears because you can't do that if you drink all the brandy. <laughs> um, so I, yeah, I, I, I think of an afternoon, I drank uh, the, the entire bottle and uh, then realized that I had to go and pick up Elisa at the commuter rail station. Mm-hmm. And I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Yeah, uh, that was that was alarming. And she, when she got in the car, knew something wasn't quite right. She didn't know exactly how not right it was, mm-hmm. but but I showed her. Yeah, mm. I, yeah, I, I, I showed her some bad decisions. Mm. Um, yeah. So, so, it, was so it, it scared you that, that you did that, and, and that's why that was the well, day. It scared me once I sobered up. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah. Well, in the moment, I was like, "This isn't the greatest idea I've ever had," but. Um, too drunk to stop. Mm-hmm. 
There's a reason why you've got to physically restrain drunks. You've got to take the keys away from them. You've got to go ahead and risk your friendship with the drunk so that you'll have the sober guy to be mad at tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that was the rock bottom for mm-hmm. the booze. And uh, so was it a sober up, Tom, or I'm leaving? Like, what was it? No, no. It was uh, because I'd been hiding just how deep of a problem I'd had for a long time. Um, it was always kind of a, I'm not drinking as much as you think I'm drinking, mm-hmm. you know, and because part of addiction is lying. Mm-hmm. Um, we are we are liars. We are clever. We we think we're clever. We think we're, we're passing it off. And, and sometimes, um, well, it's like it was the quote from Lincoln, you can fool some of the people all the time and mm-hmm. all the people some of the time. You know. mm-hmm. So I, I thought I had everybody fooled. I did not. Um, but I, it was my last drink. It was my last drink. Um, and for trying to figure out what I was going to do to sober up long term, because um, you can always quit for a night. Because there's mm-hmm. always tomorrow. There's did you, always, did you uh, go to like a, like a, 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 I, a double A? And... I wanted to. Okay. Um, but why didn't you? Because that... And it works for so many folks and is working for so many folks. And it is a brilliant program for people who can follow programs. Um, I was turned off by the re- religious element. Okay. okay. So we, we hear that a lot. I have a very good friend who struggled with alcohol and went to uh, AA. And he said it's very religious. The steps are very mm. related. As a matter of fact, they don't even talk about alcohol. I talk about God a lot, right? And, and they do use yeah. the word, but I think they also use the word higher power, right? Yeah. Which is yeah, but we all know what you're talking about. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah, it's. But I'm. I. It's not that I'm. It's tricky th- thinking about because I grew up very churchy. Um, I in fact. In college, I was I designed my own minor to minor in religion, uh, and I, I was very into all the religion. I loved religions. I love so ceremony. Then why? And then why would you not choose a program that was religiously based? Because I wasn't buying it. Because I didn't. Because the, you can't surrender to a higher power if you're not really believing in the higher power. It's one thing to believe in um, some sort of higher intelligence in the universe. Uh, but to think that it was interested enough in me to help me sober up, no. that was that's kind of presumptuous on my mm-hmm. part, I thought. Okay, okay. Um, what ended up working for me is I, because I was working as a, a furniture maker at the, at the time, I was doing like built-ins and installations and working on my own, not to any great success because the economy was tanking and my business, I'm, I'm an okay cabinet maker. I'm a lousy businessman. Um, I, especially well, then. Well, I, well, they, they they say I don't know who they is, but I've heard they say that the creatives, the cabinet maker, furniture hmm. maker, right? Like you're either really good at one thing or you're really good at the other. It's really hard to be a great creative and a great business person because you're spending all your time and effort in creating, hmm. right? And how are you going to spend like? Oh, when it's time to do the books, you're like, oh, I don't fucking know. I just built this that, fucking thing. It's beautiful. That's you know? that sounds like a good excuse. I'm going to use that one. Yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll buy that. Yeah. Um, could you write that down? <laughs> it's recorded. Um, you're good. Okay, good. Um, so I uh, so I ended up just 
I was looking for like a, a, a plain old nine to five job, something to get me out of the house. Um, and I noticed that L.L. Bean was opening a store near me. Mm -hmm. um, and I grew up in Maine. L.L. Bean's kind of like the main mm -hmm. uh, embassy. So mm -hmm. I wanted to be at the embassy. So I go in and I, I, I just throw myself into that. And um, the, the key for what sobered me up wasn't that it was, it was, L.L. Bean didn't sober me up. It was, was it the it was routine? Work. It was being accountable to people who did not love me. Wow. Oh. I could have stayed working my own gig and Elisa would have forgiven me and forgotten and I would have gone back. Mm -hmm. And I would have kept pushing that. We've all heard that story before mm -hmm. of, of how many times, how many chances do you have to give him? Mm -hmm. Before you before. say enough's enough. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I got, you know, I, I pushed my luck with her enough, but I, I, I knew that she was still going to love me. Yeah. And so I, I needed people who weren't going to love me. People who didn't know me, people didn't care. You just show up and you do your job. Just show up. Don't, do yeah. your job. Don't, yep. don't yeah. fuck up. Yeah. Just come in. Um, so that's that's what I needed. And so I I threw myself into that job and that, that job became uh, a devotion for me. I really beat that job to death with my face. Mm. I um, And I probably stayed in that job a lot longer than I should have. Because um, hang on, did you stay longer than you should have? Because if you if you left, you would go back to drinking. I was scared of that. Okay, yeah. all right. Because someone doesn't give a shit about you now, gives a shit about you, and you can get away with. I was sober mm. for ten years. I'm good now. All right, mm. and now you you go back to your old ways. Yeah, I um, I, I met a lot of good people and made very close friends uh, that I I hope will be friends for the rest of my life. Um, very good people, and they made me want to clean up my act. I wanted to take care of them. We were in yeah. the trenches together in the retail world. And um, <laughs> uh, I love L.L. Bean, by the way. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm no longer affiliated. I, uh, <laughs> but, um, uh, but I, uh, <laughs> but I loved the 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 actual people I was working with, whether yeah. or not it was the company. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so I, I, I sobered up and stayed sober and uh, let's see, uh, 10 years in retail before I realized I've been 10 years in retail. Mm -hmm. uh, this isn't what I wanted to do. And I had cleaned up my act enough to, to feel good enough about myself to know I, I want to do more. I want to do something that has uh, something satisfactory to me. So if we back up... Um, Back into the late 90s again when I'm at Brigham and Women's and I'm wasting away to 112 pounds. And, and every morning at 5 a.m., they come in to draw my blood, to do, do my blood work for the day. And a uh, needle in your arm is, uh, is a great cup of coffee. It wakes you right, right up. Mm -hmm. um, and then after they were done, I'd just kind of flip through the TV. And uh, 6 a.m. on New Hampshire Public Television or whatever it was. Um, was Norm Abrams and the New Yankee Workshop. Okay. And I thought, that looks like a good job. Really? Um, so so you have to explain what Norm Abrams and the New Yankee Workshop is. Well, he's such a cultural icon. He is, uh, 
he is to flannel shirts what Taylor Swift is to a melody. Um, wow. He is, um, <laughs> I, I am very impressed with that. I, 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 uh, that, that was right off the cuff, too. Um, he had a, a show where he made furniture. And, and like what kinds of pieces of furniture, like beds and tables? Ev- and... Everything, beds and tables. And the, the show was on for decades, um, many, many seasons. Okay. And he made every number of things. Now, he uh, would start each show going into an antique store or going to old Deerfield or mm-hmm. uh, Sturbridge Village or Colonial yep, Williamsburg. Yep. And those, for me, when I was little and my, my, my brother and I... Yeah, mom and dad took us to Disney once in a while or something huge like that. But Old Sturbridge Village, that was our Disneyland. We nerded out on that stuff. We <laughs> loved Old Sturbridge. And the history and the the that that being at a living history museum, it's it's this tactile history and you're you're there with the artifacts and the uh, visiting the tinsmith. Yes, and yes. And the pottery and um and this sense of history in the artifacts around us. Yep. Um, and so it was that marriage of history plus craft that really, um, that's what I said. Yeah, I want to I do that. Um, so bringing us back to, uh, yeah, there's a lot of time travel in this, I understand. <laughs> but um, but th- that brings you back to the zero hour that kind of determined your your trajectory in terms of what you do today. Because you are a furniture maker today. I am a furniture maker today. I, uh, and what really turns me on for a project, I mean, I do, you know, you, you basically do whatever the customer wants you to do. If you are an artist, you do what the patron wants. Mm-hmm. You know, Michelangelo wasn't thrilled with doing ceilings. Um, I don't know if he dealt with the drywall dust that, that I do, but it's, uh, <laughs> I, I understand why he, he had a hair over him for that. Um, I, what the stuff that really turns me on is finding a project with a historical context, finding a, uh, you know, a friend comes to me and wants a, a little console of, of drawers that she can use as a, a up desk. Mm-hmm. And so I dig through these old, uh, I found, I found an old shaker toolbox mm-hmm. that had all these little drawers. Mm-hmm. So I, I start on that form and then I, and then you build uh, it into a desk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or like the sleigh beds you built for, so, so Thomas built my now ex-husband and I, our first, like our marital bed, which we had, and I think he still uses, but he literally made this beautiful sleigh bed and there are these like perfectly circular, you know, sort of, I don't know what, I don't even know what you call them, but they're just, it's every aspect of that bed completely handmade and put Mm. together without, without nails. Uh, no, I don't think there were any nails in that. Um, See, for, there's uh, the what turns me on in the craft also is that that hands on the wood feel of um, I, I just spent a moment praising Norm Abrams. And now I'm going to go back and criticize. Uh, we, That's we, the, hey. we sharpen our teeth on the bones of our fathers. Hmm. Um, I the thing that always drove me nuts about his show is that he would you know, knock out a piece of furniture in half an hour. And yeah, we know there's TD editing and everything like that. But he would also have these machines that are 
tens of thousands of dollars to sand one side of one thing and just, just absurd toys that he had in his workshop um, that was really unapproachable to the kind of people who were watching his show. Right. It's like, you know, Norm, A, show us how to do it with approachable tools. Mm. Yep. Yeah. You know, I know that you're being sponsored by Porter Cable and they mm-hmm. want to show off their fancy new machine. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and show us, but then show us how we can do it. Mm-hmm. Right. And show us how to fuck up. Mm. And how do you most it? of craft is not making a thing. It's unmaking the mistakes. Right, right. It's, it's how to, it's, that's not a defect. That's a design feature. That was, um, yeah, we're, uh, that's not dirt. It's patina. Uh, it's working your way back from, you know, you've got these, you've got four table legs. First of all, when I, when I, when I make a table, I never make four legs. I always make five. Really? If, just in case. If I can't make five legs, I'll go to the lumber yard and get more lumber just to make sure that I can make five legs. Because you make them all together and make them all match and get everything just right. Because if you've made four and then you're cutting the mortise for the for your final leg and you mess it up, you will never get back to mm. getting that, you know, standing at the lathe and turning the leg into the same shape. Mm. So... How many times have you had to use the fifth leg? Um, or a better question to ask is, how many fifth legs do you have laying around your house? <laughs> uh, enough to make him another table. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. So that I, means he doesn't mess up a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wow. had a particular job where someone wanted several writing tables. And I, that was I, me. Yeah. And I, I made, how many tables were there altogether? Five, six? There were six, four. Four. Um, no, wait, two, four. I want to say there were six. I think there were six. Yeah. So I made extra table legs for the, all of those. Wow. Um, and so, yeah, there's a, there's a couple of just unattended cherry legs that are in the workshop still. That's crazy. Um, for, for me, and when Christine and I were, were talking about you and what you do, uh, it is an exact opposite of, of what I would I could ever do so. I, I do I do software sales, dude. My my hands are good for typing, and I'm and and I'm a horrible typer. Um, craftsmen who can make their like I I am so impressed with people who can make their own stuff, like because it, it's beyond what I could ever conceive, dude. When someone puts a tool in my hand, I get stressed out because, <laughs> because I don't know what to do with it. Like well. Here's you, you. You bring me to an interesting topic of uh, you're in computer stuff. Sure, I'm in craft stuff. There are machines out there now. I, I as I as I criticize Norm, um, there are these machines where you basically program it in to to make. I mean, you see all yeah. of these yeah. like um, TikTok videos of craftsmen and stuff like yeah. that, and then they. Type in their little digits, and mm-hmm. the machine does it all. Does it all? But and you're it old is school. So disappointing. But you are old school. Well, I I am, but at what at what point am I? I mean, I use a table saw. Is that would it be better if I was using a handsaw the whole time? Yeah, but dude, you're not is Amish, it, you know. You're... Well, no, no, and I'm, I'm <laughs> you know, and I'm not making holy relics. You either, have but, power in your house. You have electricity, right? But so, at what point is like, and I admire those machines for the computer engineering that goes into them, but it doesn't feel like craft to me. No, I don't think that's craft anymore. I think craft is 
using your hands for at least two-thirds of what has to be done, if not more. Are you familiar with the thought experiment of um, the ship of the ship of Theseus? Is that it? It's the idea of you have this old ship. Yep. And you, okay, well, now we need to replace the gunnels. And you replace the gunnels. Oh, well, now we need to replace the, the, the planking. And you replace the planking. And, and how many repairs do you do before, before all it's of no the original longer. is no longer there? And is it still the ship of Theseus? We have this the same conversation going on here in Massachusetts with the, the Constitution, the SS yep. Constitution. Yep. Yep. It has been rebuilt and altered. So is it still the USS is Constitution? It? Is it? So, so my so answer it, would be no. If these, if if you give a machine these two boards to cut them into dovetails, and you give me a, a handsaw and a chisel to cut them into dovetails to, to join these two things together, and they look exactly the same, and you can put them under a microscope, and they look exactly the same, what's the difference? I don't know what the difference is, but my entire life is that difference. I love that. Uh, yeah, I, but I, I think the difference is cra old-fashioned craftsmanship and those who do it is no longer in vogue, right? Because, because no, I think I think it's the other way around. It's more in vogue than well, no, no. Wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. Let me let me make make your point. Yeah. Make your point. Because those who are making or using expensive tools have a different level of output. Because they need to pay for those tools, they need to pay for their space. Mm -hmm. They have demanding clients who blah 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 blah. Right. So, I think it is better to have a craftsman, a true craftsman, work on a table, a chair, whatever, because it's more meaningful because it's done by their hands. Right. So like, then, so then it would be more in demand, in vogue. I struggle. I struggle with that because I struggle with here's. An, an, an individual contributor, right, right, Tom? And here is corporate America. Corporate America needs to bang out furniture mm -hmm. left and right, right? right? Because they have they have ROI, they have growth. We've got the IC here who just wants to do it to, because he loves his fucking craft and keeps his family afloat and makes them happy. And yeah. So I think his mentality is less in vogue, right? Because corporate America and big craftsmen want to be able just to do it for profit. You do it for profit and for pleasure. Well, uh, more for pleasure. <laughs> I do not make a lot. And you'll get this with a lot of furniture makers. Of It is not a great way to make a living. It's a great life, but it is not a great way to make a living. Um, if it weren't for my wife's employment, mm -hmm. there's there's no way I could yep. play in the workshop. Yeah. 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 Um, and keep doing. Let me amend that. And keep doing the thing, things the way that I believe they should be done. Yep. Um, I could spin over clients, and I could have the, all the machines. Mm -hmm. That, if you know what, again, what's the difference between a board that the machine cut and a board that you cut? What's the uh, difference? Personal really? pride. Personal pride. For for me, it is. Yeah. Um, and and I don't even. I mean, my my dovetails. A lot of them have gaps, and I don't put any wood filler in there or anything like that. It's that's it's the it's the inside of a drawer. That's, mm -hmm. that's, mm -hmm. No one's gonna you know, see it. Well, they are gonna see it, and it's got to be okay. Okay. I find that it's almost more like leaving my fingerprints on the finish is is more mm. 
earthy, more authentic, mm-hmm. I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Than these machine sprayed uh, finishes or mm-hmm. these machine cut furniture. It's um, it's soulless. It's uh, I my competition is never other furniture makers. My competition is corporate America. Other guys like me. Well, I mean, uh, I, it's well, I guess it is corporate. It America. is corporate it's, America. It's, it's corporate world. I was gonna, I was gonna throw IKEA under the bus um, <laughs> because it's hard to say. Well, we want to, we want a bookcase, and I say, okay, well, tell me everything you want in a bookcase. Tell me the bookcase of your fantasies, <laughs> and I will. Okay, that's what you want. Here's what that will take to to manufacture. Well, how, why am I going to pay you a thousand dollars for this bookcase mm-hmm. when I can over buy here? It. This bookcase is is ten dollars. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it, it's kind of an absurd thing that that I, you know, if I really need to explain to a, a customer why I am then they're not than your customer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you don't you don't come to a, a a furniture maker because you want to. You come to them because you have to because mm-hmm. you can't find that exact thing that you want. You've been thinking about a particular place in your home, mm-hmm. and you want just the right thing, mm-hmm. and you haven't found the right dimensions mm-hmm. or the right, you know, you've got something in mind, but you can't find it. Mm-hmm. Right. That's when you go to a custom mm-hmm. furniture maker, mm-hmm. not because he's charming and mm-hmm. has, you know, these chocolate brown eyes. That <laughs> just, you are charming you know, with your chocolate brown eyes. Disappear into. And... I am watching these two flirt. It is disgusting. He's like she's, my brother. Like, I, I know. <laughs> um, but she also knows how painfully attractive I am. So it's, it's weird. It's, it's weird. So hard. But sometimes up in Maine, the winters are cold. And I, a, a quick digression because I know we're running down on time here. But I, I, one of my hobbies is I'm, I'm kind of my family's amateur uh, genealogist, and so I've been digging back in family history and. I got to my, like my seventh great grandfather or something like that, and I noticed his 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 wife's name was. Wait a minute, her maiden name was Libby. So okay, and now I had to trace her line, and it turns out okay, this is it was like his second cousin. I said okay, well that's that's not great, but it was like you know, <laughs> it's like 1750. It's a small village in Maine, and. Maybe they're, you know, the Libby's were always very attractive people. And you just <laughs> you look across the Thanksgiving table and you just couldn't help yourself. So I trace back further and his grandfather, so let's see, by now it's like my, I've lost track. Like, this is all hypothetical. Like my seventh great grandfather or something. He's, um, he, he married his first cousin. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, Jesus, please. Ancestors are disappointing, man. And so I so I dig up this stuff, and then just this past Christmas, I'm at the Christmas Eve party with all my cousins and stuff like that. Did you they say, know? They say, any other you know stuff you know? Because I, I always come up with some sort of family story of like here's the ancestor I dug up this time, and, and so I said, well yeah, and so so and so married their second cousin, and then then his his parents uh, they 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 were first cousins, and and so then I make the joke. So this is why some of you like country music and the rest of you have webbed feet. (laughs) And without missing a beat, my father looks up from his plate and says, Aunt so-and-so had webbed feet. (laughs) Jesus, Dad. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Well, hey, 
On that note, how do we get a hold of you if we want to get a bookcase mm. made and installed, uh, a built-in, uh, uh, a piece of beautiful furniture? I, uh, I, I haven't been had my online presence so very much lately, but I am I am getting back into that. Um, the pandemic really threw me for a loop, and everything kind of came to a crashing halt. Um, I had been very online before that, but I'm trying to get back to that. Um, I sadly, probably the best way to find me is on Facebook. Um, Thomas Libby custom woodworking. Um, and I do have a website that I never update. Don't even bother. <laughs> but what about an email but, address? Um, well, I'll tell you what, why don't I put, I'll, I'll give you some contact information that you can put in the, uh, the show notes. Yes, and, absolutely. Uh, that would, that would probably be the best way to get a hold of me. You can drop me a direct line there and say, we've got a project that we can't find anybody else for. And, um, we want to see your webbed feet. All righty. Sounds good. I want to see those webbed feet. I don't. Thank want you, Thomas Libby, furniture maker, poet, which we never got into and might have to save for another episode. Dad and old friend of mine, my Caucasian brother. Thank you so much for spending time with us on the Zero Hour Am today. Am I really white? What? Am I really white? Yes, you are very white. Pasty <laughs> almost. Christine, why didn't you tell me? <laughs> you are You are white, sir. So am I. All right. All right. Are you ready to close? All righty then. Uh, that was Mr. Thomas Libby, custom furniture maker. Swell individual snappy dresser. Not as ugly as Christine said he was. And uh, witty. Witty and funny. as a day is long. Yes. Dude, I think you beat me today in wittiness. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Tom. I love you. Thanks for having me. All right. Take care.